Chapter Four of Prodigal Daughters by Joseph Hawking. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kate Fallis. Chapter Four The Disillusionment. During the next few days, Colonel Trelawney was occupied with affairs at the War Office and elsewhere. He had many people to see and reports to make to people in high places as a consequence he was away from home all the day and did not return home till dinner-time even on the saturday when he had hoped to take his family to some place of amusement he had been detained at whitehall discussing questions of policy in relation to the eastern races with whom he had been for years associated he was greatly disappointed at this for he had eagerly looked forward to a delightful evening at the opera at five o'clock he was on the point of ringing up his wife in order to ask her to bring the children to town so that they might all go together but as fortune or misfortune would have it a message came from an old friend asking him whether he might call at his house that night at nine o'clock as he wished to see him on a matter of importance never mind thought the colonel i shall be freer next week and then we'll make up for lost time it was nearly eight o'clock when he reached home and feeling rather depressed somehow his home-coming had not brought him the happiness he had hoped it is true his wife was just the same loving little soul he had always known her to be but he could not understand his children especially was this true of the girls in spite of all he could say or do a barrier existed between them and while he had as yet said nothing to them about it he was anything but pleased at their evident manner of thinking or of their modes of speech moreover they had not seemed at ease in his presence immediately after dinner they had gone away by themselves as though they wanted to be alone i might be an ogre he said to himself they seem to be utterly uneasy and unnatural when they are with me as though they were afraid i should find out something about them of course john's a fine boy and i can see our becoming great friends but even he doesn't speak as freely to me as i would like to have him however after graythorpe has gone to-night we'll have a clear understanding about everything when he entered the dining-room however he found only his wife there where are the children alice he asked john had to go to the davenports mr davenport wanted to see him about something at the works he said he would be back about ten and the girls where are they they're gone out his wife replied evidently but where mrs trelawney looked uncomfortable i don't know was her hesitating reply don't know that's rather strange isn't it what time will they be home lester i really don't know 
he was about to question her further but at that moment a servant came into the room and further conversation of this sort was impossible when they were alone again however the colonel who had been silent throughout dinner spoke alice he said you are keeping something from me what is it is there something wrong with the girls no i really don't know nothing more than usual you say you don't know where they are no i don't i believe they are gone to a dance but they would not tell me where would not tell you where i don't understand mrs trelawney burst out sobbing oh my dear she said i'm very unhappy i've wanted to tell you ever since you came home but somehow i couldn't things are so different from what they were when i was a girl the war has changed everything colonel trelawney looked at his wife steadily for a few seconds he understood her perfectly he realized that in spite of all her splendid qualities she was utterly lacking in strength and in the power to command he had not been slow to see that the girls paid her little attention but his mind had been so filled with other things that he had not been able to give much attention to home affairs oh my husband she went on i'm so glad so thankful that you are home so thankful you see they are beyond me when i try to be firm they threaten me threaten you i don't understand threaten that they'll leave home threaten all sorts of things but tell me little wife this is serious oh lester i've tried to do my best but what could i do take eleanor for example she was always a reserved independent kind of girl and resented any sort of correction and during the war everything came to a head she got work in a government office where she had very good pay everybody did it and of course i couldn't refuse it it was patriotic she is very clever too and learned stenography and typewriting and all that sort of thing well she got friendly with all sorts of people she brought home some of them nearly all girls of a class of whom i knew nothing fast liquor-drinking women they were who held all sorts of strange notions they swore and discussed things which to me were shocking but eleanor only laughed when i protested and told me that if she couldn't bring them home she should join one of their clubs in town so so you see how i was placed don't you as for peggy she went to a munition factory and-and oh my dear i don't know but she seems to like the company of people that i would never think of associating with the colonel listened quietly but made no remarks for several seconds perhaps he was not so much surprised as his wife thought he would be you say eleanor discussed things which you thought shocking he said at length what things oh free love and that sort of thing 
one of them actually declared to me that while she hated the thought of marriage as an utterly unnatural and degrading thing she claimed the right to have children in order to be true to the maternal instinct that nature had implanted in every woman and of course eleanor listened to this stuff did she seem to agree i don't know i suppose she did for when i told her i would not have that kind of woman in the house she told me about some sort of club of which they were members and which she proposed to join again the colonel reflected a few seconds before speaking and peggy he said at length surely that child did not listen to this stuff oh yes she did and in a way she is the more difficult of the two to deal with she's passionate and wilful and and i don't like talking about it but she never seems happy unless she's with men and she's picked up some fellow named barnes whom i utterly disapprove of picked up some fellow peggy that child oh i knew you would be angry but they were too much for me besides they threatened to leave home and i thought it better for her to bring him here than for her to go with him to places that i knew nothing of and they have gone off to-night gone to some place of which you know nothing oh don't mistake me up to now i don't believe they've come to any real harm in fact i'm sure they haven't but they are beyond me and you've no idea where they've gone to-night no but i'm sure it's to a dance of some sort a dance you mean at some friend's house no i don't it's a subscription dance but who's responsible for it is it on behalf of some charity i don't know then they have no chaperone no they laugh at the idea of such a thing at first i protested at the idea of their going without me but they wouldn't hear of my going with them and what time have they been getting home very late two and three in the morning of course i waited up for them but they insisted that i shouldn't continue to do so they told me that if i did they would go to the houses of some of their friends and you what did you do then oh my dear don't be angry with me i didn't know what to do and when they insisted on having latch-keys i thought it best to let them have them what could i do i was here all alone and i didn't like to tell any one about my trouble how could i i tried to comfort myself with the thought that you would come home but oh it was terrible when those awful reports came home about your being missing and and oh my darling thank god you are here i've kept it from you as long as i could but i felt i must tell you no matter what the children might say or do why did they tell you that i must know nothing i think peggy's afraid of you although she says she isn't 
she threatened me that if i told you about that fellow barnes until she said i might she'd run away and marry him still the colonel kept control over himself what kind of fellow is he he asked at length oh he's rather good-looking after a fashion tall and big and that kind of thing but utterly common he was in the army and had a commission but from what i can learn he is now a clerk or something of that sort and is she supposed to be engaged to him yes no i don't know you see at first i protested against peggy having anything to say to him then when she threatened all sorts of wild things i thought it best to wait until you came home oh if you had only been able to come home six months ago as you thought you would at first it might have been stopped and yet i don't know everything and everybody is upset john did his best and as i told you he's been such a comfort to me but of course he's not like you still i don't know what i should have done without him he doesn't say much but i know he's had a restraining influence especially upon peggy let me understand said the colonel after a few minutes silence from what i can gather they have refused to allow you to control them at all and they've pretty much gone their own way eleanor has got mixed up with a lot of free-thinking women from whom she has imbibed all sorts of ideas and has insisted on entire freedom from you yes i'm afraid she has as for peggy it seems that she's a little bit common i don't like to think so and yet i'm afraid she is you see the war has upset everything all the old-fashioned ideas i was brought up to believe in have been given the go-by at that moment the colonel's visitor arrived and so the conversation ceased but trelawney was sorely disturbed he paid but little attention to what was said and heaved a sigh of relief when he had gone after that he found his way into a little room which had always gone by the name of the den and tried to think out what his wife had said to him at ten o'clock john came home and the colonel eagerly took this opportunity of becoming better acquainted with his son come and have a game of billiards he said i haven't played for years so i expect you'll soon be able to knock spots off me but i'll do my best all right sir replied john following his father into the billiard-room the table has been neglected but it isn't in bad condition will you break the colonel selected a cue and did as his son suggested at first john had it all his own way the boy had a good eye and a natural aptitude for the cue so he had made fifty before the colonel had got into double figures my word my boy laughed the father but you are giving me a licking have you spent much time at this only in the holidays sir trev is a good deal better than i 
is he though i can see i must look to my laurels ah but you've left me a set-up now evidently his form had come back for going to the table he made a thirty break and then gave his son a double balk a little later the game was concluded john having won by a single point have another sir presently but let's have a chat first he lit his pipe as he spoke while john looked at him shyly my boy he said i hope we shall be great pals i hope so sir said john blushing and i want you to remember always went on the colonel that although i am a good deal older than you i am not such an old fogey after all my word no replied john i never thought you were that's good what i meant to say was that it doesn't seem so long since i was a youngster myself and i know what a young fellow feels and thinks you'll not forget that if ever you get into any sort of difficulty no sir never be afraid to tell me anything my son you'll find that i understand john was silent but he looked affectionately at his father i think it is easier for me to get on with boys than with girls went on the colonel i expect i understand them better but girls have never been in my way perhaps that is why i seem in closer touch with you than with eleanor and peg john puffed at his cigarette and glanced uneasily around the room john my boy do you know where your sisters are to-night yes sir do you care to tell me where they are i'd rather not if you don't mind sir that's all right my boy but don't always call me sir call me dad sometimes will you gladly sir i mean dad you see my boy i'm afraid eleanor and peggy have not had quite a fair chance i've been away for six years and your mother has had a lot to think about yes sir that's it i yes john what is it said the colonel when john hesitated well sir dad it isn't because i don't want that i don't tell you where the girls are gone only i i want to play the game i quite see your point replied the colonel just as when you were at school you wouldn't tell a master that a boy was breaking the rules yes that's it said john eagerly but you'd want to be fair to the school too went on the colonel you'd want the boy to own up and do the straight thing yes and that's why i made them promise to he broke off suddenly he felt he was perhaps saying too much the colonel did not pursue the conversation further he was an understanding man and was all the better pleased with his son for his reticence let's have another game my boy he said genially and by that time it'll be bedtime when john had gone to bed the colonel had a few minutes conversation with his wife after which he again retired to his den where he seemed in deep thought 
i don't think there's very much wrong yet he reflected but i fancy i've a difficult job on hand poor little alice i'm sorry for her he sat for a long time thinking occasionally looking at his watch he had carefully drawn the curtains and as the one light was shaded the room from the outside appeared to be in darkness twelve o'clock struck then one then two and still the girls did not come more than once the colonel appeared impatient and almost angry and then a look of affectionate yearning came into his eyes yes he murmured more than once i must get to the bottom of this it's bad bad very bad when the hands of the clock were nearing three he heard footsteps outside followed by the sound of voices also there was laughter mayn't we come in this was in a man's voice no not for worlds still more whispering and then more laughter presently the colonel heard the sound of a latch-key inserted in the door followed by more whispering voices evidently our long-lost father is in bed he heard peggy say it would seem so the mater has evidently told him nothing but he must know we've been out all night and i'm looking forward to a hell of a row it may be that he's decided to be sensible and not take any notice of it he heard this as they passed the door of the room evidently it was not their purpose to go straight to bed for they went through the hall as if with the intention of finding their way into the treadmill for a few seconds he stood still as if thinking what was the best thing to do colonel trelawney was greatly perturbed he was more than perturbed he was distressed and angry in spite of what his wife had told him he could not help being shocked at what he had heard peggy say he was a man of the world and quite accustomed to lurid language in the army but he had idealized women and never dreamt that his girls would use terms such as peggy had used after waiting a few seconds he found his way to the treadmill and quietly entered End of chapter 4